Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. to everyone. Thank you, Josh. Um, our passage today uh, finds us in Isaiah 55. Uh, now, I hear you saying, Phil, we were in Isaiah 38 last week. That feels like a bit of a jump. So let me fill you in. In Isaiah 1, 39, we have seen Isaiah's warning to the leaders of Israel and Judah of this message of judgment, that their rebellion against God would come at a cost. God has used the nations of Assyria and later Babylon to judge the people as they persisted in their worshipping of false gods and oppression of the poor. But as Isaiah has combined this message of judgment with a message of hope as well, that God would one day fulfill all his promises using a king from the line of David to establish his kingdom. That king would lead Israel in obedience uh, of all the laws of God's promises of, of the covenant and all of this so that God's blessing and salvation would flow out to all the nations. And now in in chapter 39, we find God's people captive in Babylon. And chapters 40 to 54 have have started to unpack this, this message of hope. That after exile and captivity in Babylon, God's promises would be fulfilled. And so now we are going to read Isaiah 55 got your bible open uh, that would be great all the words uh, should also appear on the screen come all who are thirsty come to the waters you who have no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without cost why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples, Surely you will summon nations you know not. Surely, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So I think Isaiah has uh, three important messages for us this morning. Firstly, uh, an invitation. Secondly, our response. And thirdly and finally, a God who will deliver. So firstly, an invitation. It is the 1st of September 2019. An invitation has just dropped through your letterbox. This isn't any old bank statement or speeding ticket, no. This is the wedding of the year. Your best friends Levi and Esther are getting married. Save the date for the 23rd of May, 2020. You're sure that Josh DeFabio will be cutting some shapes on the dance floor and rumour has it that Take That will be playing the evening celebration. Esther has told you an extravagant meal is planned with a free bar and all the guests will be put up in the five-star hotel adjoining the wedding venue. And you guessed it, breakfast is included. What an invitation. And I think our passage opens similarly this morning. If we uh, turn back to, to verse one, we have this wonderful invitation to come. This is an offer of good gifts that are ready to be distributed. The speaker is offering water, wine, milk and food to eat. To the listeners in captivity in Babylon, surely this would have spoken to their immediate needs of hunger and thirst. The offering is satisfying, rich tasting and nourishing. Verse 2 goes on to say, why spend money on what is not bread? And this starts to reveal the speaker is not just talking about the physical needs, but there is a greater offering of salvation for God's people from the current captivity. And this seems to echo an age-old truth, man shall not live on bread alone. We need more than just food and drink. Like God's people in Babylon, uh, God has provided and the provision of salvation for us will meet our every need of our body and soul. We have a, a problem with sin and most importantly, God's people and our spiritual need will be met. Come by toilet paper and hand sanitizer without cost. Maybe that's a more apt version uh, in today's world. And uh, the importance here to note is the price is free. Isaiah talks 
of, of an offering without cost. And if this available is, is available, if this offer, sorry, of salvation is available to us today, what do we need to do to receive it? So that takes us secondly on to our response. It's December 2019 and you have just responded with your RSVP to the wedding. It's been an easy decision to make whether to go or not, but that hasn't stopped you almost missing the deadline. Your meal choices are now made, your room is booked. Travel arrangements have been agreed and now you await the big day. Isaiah is clear in what we must do to seek and repent. All we need is an open hand or an open mouth to take freely what is abundantly ready. Verse six, uh, Isaiah goes on to say, uh, seek the Lord. And this most obviously is a, a direction to pray. Stephen spoke last week uh, about prayer and uh, I'd encourage you to, to go and listen to that sermon if you haven't. But prayer is this wonderful opportunity for us to meet and encounter with our living God. But Isaiah also uses this language of seeking God while he is near or while he may be found. Seasons of opportunity must be made the most of while they last. Maybe you can think of a time where uh, you felt especially held by God. Or maybe in hindsight, you have seen his divine hand working in your life. The call is to seek God. But like the RSVP, how often is our decision not to seek God? Whether it's our lack of motivation, a sadness of unanswered prayers, or maybe it's the distraction of our hurried life. Remembering that God's people are in captivity in Babylon, Isaiah seems to specifically address those people who have become immersed in the ways of this life. They have become corrupt and perhaps were going rich from the oppression of the poor. They are the wicked man that he mentions in verse 7. People who have sinned both in thoughts and actions. But forgiveness, wonderfully, is freely offered if they turn to God. We need to say sorry to God for the times we have chosen our own ways. And forgiveness is an ongoing process in learning obedience to God. The current lockdown has prompted many people to think, will businesses have offices? Will the commute be a thing of the past? Will more meetings be done virtually? As a country, we will have to come to terms with the disproportionate effects of coronavirus on black and ethnic minorities, on the poor and on the vulnerable. More personally, maybe you have begun tuning into church since lockdown began. Has lockdown enabled you to evaluate or reassess how you were living? Whatever your situation is currently, 
Isaiah speaks directly into it, offering this opportunity to change our way of life. Maybe for me, it's the use of my time. Uh, only since lockdown began have I got up early enough to start going to CCM's morning prayer meeting. Uh, for me, this has been one of the most encouraging and enjoyable times of my week. And a little plug there, why not come along on Wednesday morning to CCM's prayer meeting? Uh, maybe it's a, a shift in our view and values around money. Last week, we saw the overwhelming generosity of CCM's Give Big offering. A whopping £54,000 was raised, with many giving for the first time as well. The end of verse 7 says, let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. I'm in no way suggesting uh, I've loved lockdown and that it's a great thing. But the slowing down has offered us this unique new perspective. So thirdly and finally, uh, we have a God who will deliver. Uh, sadly, Levi and Esther's imaginary wedding I told you about earlier was unable to go ahead. Maybe you've experienced a situation like this over the past few weeks. Our plans and our decisions can be fragile. But God offers a certainty of promises. And this certainty comes from a God of eternal perspective and a God who has previously delivered. If you turn to verse 8 and 9 with me, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Recently, I have been confronted with how much I desire control of my own life. Generally, in life, we see that plans we make come to fruition. But the current situation is a reminder that all we have is the present. The past is gone and the future hidden in God. This is in no way to make life pointless or not worth living. Rather, it is a position for us of humility, recognising who we are in relation to God. We don't always understand why God allows certain situations. But in this mystery, we see good. We see the climate improving. A recognition of NHS workers, but we also see the bad, people losing their jobs, the wealth disparity, and the poor pay of carers, and of course, the inevitable death. For us, we can remember the magnificent perspective God has over our life past, present and future. And that can help us trust in a God who has plans for us. For those in Babylonian exile, God's covenant promise was fulfilled. God delivered. And in verse 12 and 13, we have this very appropriate ending. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. 
the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of the briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. God delivered. God's people were set free. He delivered on his covenant promise. And this is an exodus, but not like the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt in panic and haste. No, this is an exodus in peace with the full assurance of a God who rescues his people. Maybe the next time you clap the carers or the next time uh, you go for a walk, uh, why not look around you and celebrate in a creation that displays God's glory? And now being able to enjoy it more than once a day. But what a reminder from Isaiah of God's role in historically freeing and rescuing his people, that God delivers, his, delivers on his promises today. So in Isaiah 55, we see a rich invitation of God's salvation available to us today by his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for us. We can respond by listening and seeking God, asking for forgiveness and how we can live for him in his ways. We will never fully understand why we experience such pain and hardship. But in this time, we can trust in a certainty of God's promises. Because of what he has done previously in the Bible, but also in our own lives. Whilst preparing, um, a few weeks ago, my mum read me uh, this poem from the introduction of Tramp for the Lord by Corrie Ten Boom. Corrie and her sister Betsy were captured by the Nazis for hiding uh, and protecting Jews in their home. And subsequently, they spent time in Ravensbrück concentration camp. Despite these horrific circumstances, they used this opportunity to faithfully share the gospel with people who did not know Jesus. And uh, this, this poem is a beautiful depiction of our life as a weaving and God the weaver. So as I finish, the words will appear on the screen. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colours. He weaveth steadily. Of times he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride. Forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly. Will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reasons why? The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned.